Hello and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, the podcast where we take an in-depth look at one story or narrative-focused game and give our thoughts about it. As always, I'm Alex. I'm a Duncan. He's Duncan, and this time we're going to be looking at, this time I swear, just episode two of Life is Strange Two Colors. This is the continuation of what is technically our first ever two-part episode, so we're just gonna we're gonna jump right back into it again. Developed by Deck Nine, published by Square Enix, released uh, September tenth, and pick it up for about sixty bucks. Um, if you know you're joining us now, you already heard all the elevator pitch, all that spoiler-free stuff, everything like that. So uh, I think we can kind of kind of move along here. But again, this is episode two. This is yeah. We already talked about all of episode one. We will not be talking about episode three at all because at this point we have not played it. Um, so we can kind of you know, just kind of get back into it from from our, our first episode. And I think at the top we gave spoiler-free thoughts about both episodes, right? So we can maybe just jump into the summary, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think that's perfectly fair. Cool. Episode 2 is a little shorter than episode 1, so I expect it to move move a little quicker, but we are going to, to kind of jump in. <clears throat> and I'm going to do this one, so very exciting for me. Um, so, if you remember, the end of episode 1 ended with Gabe being caught in kind of a landslide and eventually falling into a ravine after um, Alex, who was hooked to him, um, got the, the line that was, was holding him up cut by Ryan to keep her you know safe and out of harm's way. So episode two opens on Gabe's funeral, which is, you know, kind of, I shouldn't say funeral, more of like a de facto memorial in the bar in, in Haven Springs. Um, we get, you know, a lot of different characters, notably not Alex, but a lot of different characters kind of talk about their, you know, their emotions, talk about kind of their memories of Gabe, talk about things he did around town. Like like Duncan was saying, this is very much a like, hey, look how perfect this guy was, right? Like everybody has incredible things to say about him, how he was always willing to help out. Um, pretty much every major character you've met has something to say about it. Uh, Bucky definitely has the best lines here where yep. he talks like, Gabe made me laugh at laugh exactly, exactly 16, 16 times. times. <laughs> and then he goes, Time number one. They <laughs> sort of fade away as he's clearly talking, and every now and again we'll cut back to him, like continuing to tell what he thinks is a funny story, but it's clear he tells all sixteen. I fucking love that shit. That got me so hard. Um, that got you hard. God damn it, Duncan. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's back up. Now, what what joke made you hard? Was it the was it the man grieving at a? At I'm glad man's that, I'm glad that this life is strange isn't about teens, so that shit doesn't get me in trouble anymore. <laughs> anymore? Did you get like in trouble? The previous one. Oh my god. Uh, uh, moving on. Fucking Christ. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this this scene kind of progresses. Um, yeah, we're we're making light of it because we're coming into an episode, but it is it's a very somber scene. Outside of that one part with Bucky, it is a lot of people kind of struggling with their emotions. You know, if if you've been to any sort of a, a remembrance type thing, it is just people sharing happy memories. Um, and as that is going on, eventually Ryan, um, you know, kind of festering, makes a note that it shouldn't. You know, this whole thing shouldn't have happened anyway because Gabe had used his satellite phone to call Typhon and tell them that they were going to be in the mines or they were going to be in the mountains, and there was a kid there, and they. You know, they had agreed to delay the explosion, so clearly there was some sort of foul play at work. Um, and then Mac kind of steps up and says, hey, I was the one working that night. I never got a phone call. Like, clearly, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know if he was lying to you, but, like, he did not receive the phone call. And then the two of them kind of get into it in a pretty serious way. 
you know, yelling at each other and, and Mac, you know, saying, hey, I never got that call and eventually accusing Ryan, you know, saying, hey, the way I hear it, you're the one that cut the line um, and, and that sort of thing before Jed eventually just sort of shuts the whole thing down and says like, hey, this is not what this is about. Everybody out like this is this is over. We're not doing this right now. This is not how we're choosing to honor Gabe um, and, and shuts the whole thing. You you kind of run up to your room, kind of overcome by the emotions of the whole scene. Um, so th- when when I when I saw this scene and like the moment that I learned that Mac, you know, a in the beginning was like our like you you're not supposed to like this guy, and then mm-hmm. in the second one are given voice options to be like, yeah, he's a fucking liar. It's like this is one of the most obvious red herrings I've oh, ever yeah. seen in my entire life. Like it's such an obvious one, and it's just so. I don't know. It was like painfully obvious at that point where it's no. like, yeah, man's not going to blow up a mountain and kill a kid because he's mad <laughs> at his girlfriend for yeah. maybe cheating on him. Like, that's insane. Now, I will say that it, it was obvious that he did not intentionally do anything, but what was unclear to me at this point was whether or not, um, you know, he is covering something up or if he never actually got a call and Gabe was just sort of lying about it to get everybody to move because he felt really guilty about letting Ethan get there, right? I think the game does a good job of presenting that as a real possibility, especially with how exasperated Gabe was during the entire scene. So you can kind of get the idea that, oh, maybe he, like, did sort of step into something that he shouldn't have. But but overall, like, I I did really like this funeral scene. Like, I think it was... It was good. Like, it everybody got a chance to say something. I think the fact that Alex is not saying something is powerful. Um, you know, <laughs> much like jazz, it's all about the words you don't say at a funeral. Um, I, I think just generally speaking, this was a, is a good way to, to kind of open into that, right? Like, you know, it, it opens, yeah. it does open stereotypically, right? It opens with Jed being like the old town leader, literally saying, I'm not very good with words. Yeah, <laughs> but also that shit just works every time. So it got me. It didn't matter. It got me in anyway. Yeah, I, I um, I also do really like when Ryan's going off about this, and like even though Mac is kind of the 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 target of of this aggression, everyone there's a moment where like everyone stares at Ryan, being like, "What are you doing? This is mm-hmm. the wrong fucking time yeah. to do this." And they hold on that scene for a really nice amount of time to like let that like cringe feeling sink in of when you've lost control in a more public setting. Mm-hmm. And I think they I think they captured that really really well before um Alex storms off. I will say that there's a very awkward loading screen because they're like <laughs> actively arguing while Alex runs up the stairs and like they're in the middle of an argument and then it just cuts to a loading screen <laughs> and uh it was a very odd time to do that. Uh but I understand. Yeah. That's, that's I get it. just video games. What are you going to do, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, so you you go upstairs into your, you know, air quotes, your new apartment. Um, and eventually Steph, you know, you're just trying to, to kind of calm down and get away from the, the argument and the emotions. And Steph eventually follows you up, trying to like, you know, and, and kind of tries to calm you down, tries to, you know, sort of reminisce with you and, and be like, oh, hey, here's my memories of Gabe. You know, that sort of thing, trying to 
to make sure you're okay and, and be like, oh, those guys are assholes. They shouldn't have done that. But very quickly that scene takes a turn and, and Steph goes from being like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm here for you if you ever need anything to being just completely overcome by her own emotions and sadness as she walks around, you know, Gabe's apartment and sees reminders of the time they spent together. Um, wherein then, then Alex, you know, seeing her, you know, she kind of walks, you know, Steph walks over to a, a corner where there's a, a like a whiskey bottle like or something bottle, that has yeah. a, a foosball champion trophy, like piece of paper basically taped to it. You know, it's like a makeshift trophy for a tournament they had. Um, and then she gets like really, you know, quiet and remorseful. And then Alex has to kind of use her power to, you know, like enter her sadness, I guess. It's kind yeah, of, that's like the, this... the, that's what this chapter is all about. Is Alex using this power to like, understand people better and help them work through their problems specifically it, it has to do with objects a lot this chapter like mm -hmm. objects having those emotional strains so she's walking around and she's seeing the objects and then sensing the emotional connection to them that was happening in the first chapter but it was never anything major story wise yeah, it wasn't the predominant mechanic or anything like that um no. but anyway you you kind of go through and you know as you Again, do this, you know, enter this world of sorrow and the whole world takes on like a blue hue and everything gets like a little bit different. Um, you can walk around the apartment as opposed to uh, and, and as opposed to getting Alex's views and like internal dialogue on specific objects. You then get a memory associated with um, Steph and Gabe every time you click on an object. So you can kind of feel her emotional attachment to that object and the memory that is associated with it. So you you walk around and come to understand that that Steph and Gabe were extremely close and that the reason, you know, Steph was initially going to leave Haven Springs and go to probably Denver, I don't remember. Yeah, it was Denver. Yeah, so she was going to leave and, and go to Denver, you know, go to the big city, which makes sense because she's, you know, a DJ and really into music and everything like that. Um, but then Gabe essentially convinced her to stay and they played a game of foosball and if if Gabe won... Steph had to stay in Haven Springs, and, you know, famously he, he wins and has that trophy in the corner there um, as, you know, proof that she stayed. And so Alex kind of takes that information and everything she learned and, you know, talks Steph and, and talks her down a little bit and tries to make her more comfortable and then agrees to, like, hey, let's, you know, let's play a game of foosball and kind of goats her into playing foosball against her, um, where... I'm assuming this is so, the route it went for you. Oh, go on. Yeah, this, but this, this, this line of logic doesn't make any sense for me because basically you walk around the house, right, and you mm -hmm. detect objects that connect to her sadness, right, and then you are prompted with four choices of like, what should we do? Like, what should we suggest that we do to to try and get her past this? And then it's like, you know three things like like you see a video game you see like a record for music um you know the foosball table itself and the alcohol so it's like drinking video games foosball um listen to music and i'm like okay so the thing that makes sense to do here is the 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 foosball clearly triggered her mm -hmm. so we shouldn't be playing foosball <laughs> Right? Like, we shouldn't be doing the thing that triggered her, right? Like, that just doesn't make any sense to me. So, picking that activity felt very, very strange to me. But I guess what the method was more was the, like, I need her to talk about her emotions and her feelings about this. So, I'm going to make her do the thing that 
I don't know. It was very odd to me, the, the the choice of activity at this point. And also just being like, yeah, you're like crying. Like I can see like little tears running down your cheek. Why don't we play some foosball? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It, it just felt like an odd choice. For me. Did it, you get it, that at all? My, I can definitely see where you would feel that. For me, it felt like she was kind of allowing her the, the catharsis of reliving those memories um okay. and kind of being like hey this like this was clearly an important thing let me bring you back to this and like allow you to be kind of washed over by this this memory and this sorrow and everything and then kind of when you're in that state i can sort of help pull you out of it a little bit because i'm still here you're still playing foosball with you know with somebody you're still you're with living life you're still there you know mm-hmm. that's kind of kind of how i interpreted her bringing steph through this whole thing Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but anyway, the you you play her in a game of foosball. Um, you beat her handily because you know, it's like actually a mini game. It's not like a super good one, but it's serviceable. It's like an old flash game. It's like a two thousands era flash game. Um, you just play some some foosball and you beat her, and then you know she. I don't remember if you challenged her a rematch or somebody. You know, eventually you end up playing again because she says she wasn't trying very hard. Um, and then here you have not a real choice, but I consider it to be the most important unofficial choice in the entire game, which is whether or not you throw the second game of foosball against her um, and let yeah. her win. Um, I absolutely threw that game. I was not going to fucking beat her. Are you kidding oh, yeah. me? Hands off the controller. The first time you win, Alex is such a little asshole, <laughs> like more gloating than I would expect in like. If I didn't expect that my friend was going through an emotional crisis, like, she's like, I don't know. The crowd really loves me. They're saying how much you suck and I'm the best. God, you suck at this fucking game. I'm I'm obviously embellishing it a lot, but, but, but she really much. goes ham with it. Yeah, she. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to let her win. <laughs> this I... for sure. I love, I will say, I love the way that she went, like, because it, it, it all, it was, like, she goes ham with tearing into her, but it all still felt very playful. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I liked it quite a bit. But yeah, I, I was definitely, 100%, I was like, okay, it's first to five. I'm going to get to four just to prove to me that I could win this game if I wanted to. Right. And then I'm going to let every shot she takes go through. Yeah, I took, I just put the controller down and got, got some water. <laughs> <laughs> Let the AI play with themselves. They I, did score on themselves once, which was very interesting. I think it would be great if the game detected whether or not you had put an input in in the last, like, two minutes and <laughs> changed how the scene played out if you didn't. That would be so amazing. She's like, you you let me win. You literally would you didn't do that? touch anything. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so great. I would love that. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of bring her through that and... and, and she is very thankful for that, and you two form a, a a pretty good friendship here, and 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 a bond. And I don't know. Generally, this is this was sort of a good. This was like it, in my mind, this was the real introduction to Steph's character. I stumbled a lot trying to right. get there, but that's the point I was trying yeah. to make. Was in episode one, you know, you don't really meet her, and then you meet her in the bar a little bit, but it's just sort of like back and forth. It's not really anything. Like, there's no substance to that relationship when you meet her in the bar, right? Um, and I think this was a, a really good and powerful introduce, introduction to her character. But um, I still don't feel like I really, like, know her. She's, yes, for sure. I, I feel I, like it, I've been introduced to her once. <laughs> and Yeah. I, I'm i confident that she will become very well fleshed out 
because I see enough fan art of her. And also the DLC episode that they're going to release is about her, like her past or something right. like that. Which they they want to push her. Yes, they want her I, to be important. She will be the protagonist of Life is Strange, False Colors or whatever the next one's going to be called. False Colors. <laughs> Life is Strange, black and white. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I I don't know. I find it it's it's kind of like when when some of the game like breaks down and I, I i feel like i see some of its wirings and trappings and i'm like okay yeah this is one of my romantic interests you got it like while you're playing foosball she's like so are you into girls which is your first timed response which i think is very odd <laughs> that, that that was the first timed response a, they pick for you that's an extremely good point actually it's like it's like okay, pick your sexuality in ten seconds. Go <laughs> take as long as you want to decide whether or not you want to rat out this fucking kid. <laughs> your sexuality, go go go. Um, huh. I pick both because I'm just like I I don't know. Yeah, keep your options sure. open. I get it. I don't yeah. know who this but character is yet. I mean, it's definitely Ryan as our other romantic. Yeah, option, right? I'm not thrilled about either of them, honestly, but. Yeah, you know they've got a lot of a lot of runway to still kind of develop as characters. So I'm yeah, not. They're no concerned. um, what's his name? Shit from Life is Strange One. Warren, the boy. They're no Warren, but you know I'll take it. I'll I, take I like it. that that joke's gonna go from episode one to episode two, even <laughs> though we we resolved it thirty minutes ago in the actual time of recording. Warren is a sex icon. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Ooh, episode two's got some energy to it. Okay, okay, 18 plus Warren is a sex icon. I should be very clear. You should be extremely fucking clear. Uh, so anyway, you um you go downstairs, or Alex goes downstairs from the bar. I, I Also, I didn't mention this. The whole fact that the main character is called Alex is like a little weird for me. Like, I... Right, I was wondering about that. It I'm does. Like, this is. It does weird. make it hit a little different. I will say that to hear people just voice act your actual name towards you is it, it hits a little different. Um, yeah, but what are you gonna? Gonna be weird for the romantic scenes. Well, you know, we'll see. Um, so you go back down to the bar after kind of everybody's cleared out again. Jed lets you know, hey, I cleared everybody out, but he's also um, in in the way that Jed is consistently the best character. Um, lets you know, hey, you're allowed to stay rent free in that apartment as long as you need. Like you're, you're welcome here. You're a part of the town. You you were gay with like family. You're like family too. Um, basically, just makes it so that you don't have to be concerned about not being able to stay here anymore. Um, he does say. He does say. He does say. Uh, you can stay here rent free, and and you'll uh, you know. You'll later you'll earn your keep, and then he winks at you, which I thought was very strange. I don't feel like <laughs> that's that how strange. the scene went exactly. I, I I know that wasn't the tone. That was not the tone. I didn't that not at all. But he did say he says you'll later like earn your keep or something like that. You know? Yeah. He but he signifies that when you're ready, you'll earn your keep, and then winks at you, I, which. Like, if you wrote that down on a piece of paper, I would say that's pretty sussy. But, like, the way he delivered it was perfectly fine. It was just very odd. That's, uh, I, okay. I just wanted to point that out. I did not get any weird vibes from that scene, so I don't honestly I, remember it that much. But that is, that is I, I, you're right. I just feel like you can't say, when you're ready, you'll earn your keep. Okay, Winks. did he say earn your keep, or did he say, we'll figure something out? 
You know no, what? He Neither said, is "Earn good. your Neither keep." Is good. So let's move yeah. on. Yeah, we'll figure something out. I know he said, "Earn your keep," but anyways, um, move on. Yeah. So you, after this, you know, he lets you know, hey, you, you, you basically let him know. I'm looking for Mac. I want to figure out. I want to get the truth behind this. I know that that Gabe made that call. I know that Mac is lying. I just don't know why. Right. So he lets you know, hey, Mac went to the flower shop for some reason or other. I don't remember exactly what, but that's where you can find him. So you get out into Haven Springs, and then it, it's like this is the most open part of the game to date, where you are just in this main main road of Haven Springs and can walk up and down, and you can go to the flower shop. There, You can go to the dispensary, because you have a text from Charlotte asking to, to meet up with you briefly. Um, Steph wants you to stop by the record store so that she can talk to you about something. And then you can also just sort of wander the town um, and and listen to conversations from characters, um, you know, that are unnamed for the most part, and, and just kind of get a feel for everything. Um, so we'll go through these kind of one at a time, starting with maybe the, um, I don't know, let's start with going to the Charlotte's shop. Charlotte's good. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's a good start. <clears throat> so you go, you go in there to, to see Charlotte, and she basically just wants to talk to you and, and catch up. And, and, you know, again, the two of you share a little bit about how this is difficult for both of you. Obviously, she was his long-term girlfriend, and you were her brother, or you were her sister. Um, and she expresses that Ethan, ever since, has been very, like, very distant. He hasn't been opening up. He hasn't really been, like, reaching out. You know, it's it's been really hard on him, and how this is very unlike Ethan to not, you know, be emotionally open with her. My response to that was kind of like, yeah, the the kid feels like he just got <laughs> yeah. his de facto dad killed. <laughs> yep. Like, are you surprised that a day later he's not opening up to you? Like, I don't, I don't know what you want. Not only, not only did 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 you know his de facto dad die, he was basically completely responsible for it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and he's he's feels, so young feels too. Responsible. Whoever blew up the mountain without, yeah, it's their fault. But still, I yeah. I was like, yes, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that tracks. I don't know why you're surprised about that. That is that is correct behavior for that child. Yeah. But she also tells you the other interesting piece of information, which is that Typhon reached out to her um, and basically offered her a significant sum of money to sign an agreement saying that she would not sue or pursue any sort of legal action based on um, the death of Gabe. Which I think is, is is kind of interesting, and then you're given the choice there, right? They, you know, you ask her, "Hey, how much money are they offering you?" Basically, and she says, "A lot of money." Like, you know, I'm able to send Ethan to college money. Um, and again, I was like, "Yo, that's not enough money. What are you talking about?" Like, right? The man was killed, and they're offering you what, like ninety thousand dollars or something? Like, no, absolutely don't sign that. But I, I, you know, I think they they set up an interesting dilemma here of like, hey. I don't know how much I can, you know, afford this, and this is a significant amount of money, and if there wasn't foul play here, like, I wouldn't have a reason to sue anyway, so what can I do? Yeah. Um, they, You know what they should have? There, there should have been a third option between you should, you know, like, you, you should definitely take this, you shouldn't take this, or, haha, I don't know, I'm 23, you should really call a lawyer or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't fucking know, this is not my choice to make. I'm like, I don't know. It, it's it's clearly she's going to listen to you. Like, why would they make like a big? Because you know this game is very similar to other Life is Strange games. When they want to show you that a choice is important, they do like the freeze frame, like two choices, and it's like you know shattering between the two, or you know like colors highlighting between the two choices. Um, and and this was one of the big ones, and I'm like, 
I don't want to help you with this. This is yep. far <laughs> beyond my reach. And like, I'm not, I, I, it, I just think it was such a stupid thing to ask Alex. Mm-hmm. I, I was, I was very frustrated by this choice, but I, I said, take the money simply because two things. I don't know how much money it would take to attempt to sue a mining company, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, and even if it's true that, that, you know, what they can cover up and things like that. And two, I just kind of wanted to see what would end up happening much, much later down the line. And I feel like you would have done that, which you did. I predicted you. So we'll see what it looks like later. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. I'm a, I'm surprised you were able to articulate that so well with Jeff Bezos' cock so far down your throat. But, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> I just... You know, I just wanted to see what would happen in the game. I I just don't just know. I break the game. You you said that already. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just like I'm just like all those wealthy, wealthy, wealthy men. I just want to break the game. <laughs> um, yeah, you you were correct. I I told her not to take the money. Um, you know, in real life, I don't know if that's necessarily what I would have told her, but I think it is. You know, they're setting up Typhon to be this big evil company. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a big thing. This is. I will say I also kind of got the impression this is one of those choices where they're like, hey, this is a big choice that's, like, not going to fucking matter. Like, it'll change one small part of one cutscene in a montage at the end of the game or something. Um, yeah. But, Charlotte just ends up with a little less money. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I definitely was like, hey, that's, you know, there's foul play here. Don't sign that. Also, if you could give me just, like, literally 45 minutes, I would have a much better answer for you. Don't Don't <laughs> yeah. sign the paper yeah. just yet. Yeah, in like in the end credits thing where it's like, you know, telling you like what you did and everything like that. It was like, Charlotte signed the papers. I'm like, you dumb (laughs) fucking idiot. Why did you listen to me? I'm 20 something. Stop. (laughs) Stop. I hate you. Uh, you Sorry. You seem authoritative. What can I say? Maybe she was maybe she was smoking some of that weed that she had Uh in a dispensary. She was either smoking some weed she got at that dispensary or her long term partner just died in a tragic accident (laughs) and her son won't talk to her and she's in such emotional distress. She's just looking for anyone to reach out and provide comfort and assistance. No, I don't think that's it. I think it's the funny green (laughs) stuff. Also, can we talk about the missed opportunity that she called her 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 weed shop silver dragon green dragon green dragon two, two on the nose two on the nose okay then what does silver dragon mean okay let me hold on let me prove my point here green dragon weed shop oh you think it was a was an issue green dragon.com cannabis Cannabis dispensary in Colorado and Florida has 15 yeah. marijuana dispensary locations through Colorado. Yeah. This looks very similar in the logo, too. I would not be surprised if they took some direct inspiration from this. Um, you, you know, I, I don't think there's too much interesting else in the in the dispensary when you walk around. You get to kind of get some bits and pieces and see that it's, it's a very small town operation. It sort of closes and opens based on, you know, how Charlotte is feeling. And, and there's a number of kind of things you can get to say, hey, she's been closing down, but the town is very supportive of her, things like that. Um, But after that, you can choose to go to the record store where Steph is, where you get a much less emotionally um, intense scene where you meet up with her. She's again DJing. um, And basically what she tells you is, hey, you know, Ethan's been really out of it. He's he's really sad about this whole thing, which again, yes, makes sense. Still don't know why. Don't get it. (laughs) Go ahead. Um, 
but basically says, hey, I'm planning on, on hosting this LARP, right? Because that was kind of a running theme on a little bit of the first episode is that Steph was going to take um, like Ethan and Gabe to this big LARP in Denver, and they were all very excited about it. Um, so instead, you know, since that's not going to happen, Steph says she's planning to host a LARP based on the characters from Ethan's comic book. And then, you know, you'll be able to to play one of those characters, you know, and kind of help design them. And you get kind of help design one of the villains or not design, but you choose one of the villains. Um, it's just kind of like a just a fun little scene. Like there's not a lot going on here, but you just get to choose one of the two villains that she has drawings made up. I don't even remember which ones they were. I remember I picked the cool winter one. And then yeah, me too. you go over and you'd be like, hey, okay, I'm basically going to choose my character class and then i'm going to choose my backstory and i'm going to choose like a spell that i have right like this basic kind of loose D D build type stuff that is you know i don't know how impactful it'll be in the long run but it's you know it's, it's a nice little light-hearted thing to do in the middle that i think is kind of a you know nice gesture from from steph's character to try and do something for ethan in this instance yeah it's it sounds like a beautiful like like I like I played a ton of pretend when I was those that you know, oh yeah that age and shit like that. So if someone was like offering to make my fucked up sick reality into a into a reality, mm-hmm. I, I would I would I would I would love that. If somebody was out there making your barely legally distinct from Ben Ten OC a reality, you would have <laughs> lost your mind. Dude. <laughs> I think that would be impossible. Here's a watch. Here's a watch, Duncan. You can transform into any monster you want. <laughs> Go wild, kid. <laughs> oh, perfect. Um, so then the last thing you do before going to the actual, like, thing that you're supposed to do, which kind of, like, really propels the story forward. Again, episode two is much quicker than episode one, is you, you walk around Haven Springs a bit, and this is all optional, obviously, and you kind of see different people, and you can hear conversations. A lot of them have conversations or inner monologues. You can use your powers to kind of feel what people are thinking here um, about things happening around them some people reacting to you talking about how bad they feel for you some people reacting to the loss of Gabe overall um some people just looking for birds there's at least one yeah. person that's just looking to find a rare bird and then you're like I'm going to go walk around until I hear a bird call and then go walk over to that person and be like your birds over there I don't fucking know why they included that part in the game but that's really what that I just didn't take that quest line. I said that's not for me. You literally walk like forty five feet to the back of a building and you hear a weird bird call and you're like, Oh, that's weird and then you walk back over to the lady and you're like, I think that might be your bird over there and she goes, Oh, that's crazy. I can't wait and I don't even know if she leaves the spot she's in. Um That's awesome. Yeah, I, I walked by a uh, ice cream sh- a failing ice cream shop and these two these two this like couple who owned it were talking about how it's a failed business and how bad it is. And then the other one goes, yeah, but Pirate Peach really made a profit. You have to agree with that. And she said, yes, I agree. Pirate Peach did make a profit. And they just go back and forth for way too long mm-hmm. while I'm sitting literally two, mm-hmm. standing two feet in front of them uh-huh. <laughs> listening to their conversation. I love that shit, dude. That's my favorite Life is Strange moment is when NPCs are talking that aren't important and you're standing face to face with them, sometimes even clipping into their bodies <laughs> and they don't acknowledge your existence. I love that. Uh, I will say there was one really good one where it's like um, a couple in the park um, and they're, they're, I don't think it's actually a couple. It's like, it's two people in the park talking and it's clear that like 
they're kind of shy around each other and they're just having a normal conversation and you can listen into like the guy's thoughts and he's talking about how he shouldn't make a move because he's concerned that like what if she doesn't like him and like you know then he'll ruin the friendship and you can listen to the girl's thoughts and she's like oh i just wish he would make a move on me because i'm willing to take this you know that sort of thing and then like alex gets some internal dialogue that's like oh man if i could just help him out we could fix this wait, what am I doing? This is none of my business. I'm not going to get involved in other people's <laughs> affairs. And you just don't have an option to interact with them at all. And I good, love that. Good. I love that they're self-aware that like, there's no fucking reason she would get involved in this. Why would she do this? No. Thank God that I didn't get that because I didn't go through the park too much, but that, that's a very good thing. I'm happy they did that. Yeah. Um. This this scene does have, not scene really, this like world does have the life is strange post-tragedy problem. I guess, where some things you click on will be like, oh, Gabe really loved this. It's clear that he spent a lot of time here. And then some oh, things yeah. you click on and you're like, that's a weird frog. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I don't... This works better than more closed spaces where you control things a little bit better, I think. Well, and it's also weird because Alex has no history here. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't really have any experiences to share with the objects that you click on, you know, or the buildings or anything. So, and she doesn't tell many stories because her life was not really like, I, I don't know. It, she just doesn't have any relation to this, this, yeah. this type of, uh, type of environment. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. This is definitely um, the weakest part of episode two, I think by, by a wide margin. Like I, Life is Strange has always had these weird side conversations, these weird NPCs that'll talk when you walk past to kind of give flavor to the town, but not in, like, a direct way. And it's just, like, always not very good. <laughs> like, yeah, you can basically skip this entire portion. You can do no walking around the town whatsoever, except for sitting on the dock, which gives you a nice scene where you get to listen to indie music and have a little, you know, Alex has a little inner monologue about whether or not she belongs here. Um I don't belong here. <laughs> God damn it. I um, don't belong here. Very beautiful, Duncan. Because I'm a... <laughs> go ahead. Let's talk about the flower shop. Yeah, so let's, let's go, go to the, the flower, flower shop. shop because the game is better without this weird intermediate part. Um, So you go to the flower shop to, you know, confront Mac. And as you go in there, Eleanor is, is there behind the counter and you can kind of talk to her. And she's, you know, kind of weirdly chipper about everything like oh hey how are you in a way that's like you wouldn't ask somebody whose brother just died and they just had the funeral for um but she lets you know hey mac just left he's not here anymore um i, I think he just went over this way so you can go find him uh, and as you are leaving eleanor gets like visibly really scared and you start to see you know kind of an aura around her and she like looks around really confused and worried and everything and you you know, decide, hey, I should probably try to help her out. You know, she's an older lady who looks really scared in, in the flower shop, and you kind of do the, again, do the same thing you did with Steph, where you embrace that that kind of emotion and get a feel for what's going on. Um, and this this is kind of a cool scene change, because everything sort of changes in the shop, right? Text gets all scrambled up, some, like, you know, pieces of glass start breaking, flowers start dying, and then the outside of the shop just becomes, a like, a white mist that you can't see through. This felt very Psychonauts to me. I don't know if you got that at all, but when yeah, I was like, oh, this is a very definitely. Psychonauts type moment. Um, but you, you know, as you are kind of trying to figure out, you know, what's going on, you, you come to realize that she is lost track of what she is doing. She can't remember what she was working on or why she was working on it or anything like that. And it becomes very clear, extremely apparently, that she is dealing with this kind of, you know, early onset of dementia and, 
mm-hmm. is kind of losing trains of thought, forgetting things, not really able to to function as well as she used to. With that idea and these onsets and and kind of episodes of it scare her deeply. Um, in a way that was like, I I think we had talked about how they could use this power previously and like interesting things we could do. And famously at the end of life is strange episode one, our podcast, I know we talked about how they should go into the minds of old people and see kind of what's going on. Yeah. Um, This is the closest we'll probably ever get. This is definitely the closest we'll ever get. But this was also like a really, like as soon as she got scared, I was like, Oh, this is going to be uncomfortable. Isn't it? And then you realize she was having dementia. It's like, not even the scene itself, just the realization that that's what's going on and that's what you were using your power and that's why everything is kind of dead or confused in some way was like a really powerful moment um, that just sort of, you know, it, it, it made me uncomfortable, right? Like, a, you know, a number yeah. of my grandparents suffered from dementia. It's like a horrible, horrible disease and, and they do a good job representing that here in in a in a visual space that was uh yeah well i think what's really great about this is is so often i think when when memory loss like this is presented to us in 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 movies shows anything like that it's always a snap right Mm -hmm. it's always like this character it's like a binary thing it's like either they are or they're not and eleanor's in this very like transitional state in between the two of like you know, doctors have told her things like that, and um, and she's trying to continue to push through and be as strong as possible, and she can't let anyone know. And it's it's a very genuine thing to be to be horrified about, even like uh, you know, thinking about having to go through that and like that fogginess and trying to retrace your steps, even with someone. It's just I don't know. It, they did a great job at making this a very terrifying scene i do think that they they kind of get this is why i said in the first episode that her powers are very soft magic where it's Mm -hmm. like there's not a lot of hard rules to this where i kind of was like thinking or hoping a little bit that alex would also experience some of this like forgetfulness and be Mm -hmm. like why am i even here like yes and i think that would have been a really powerful moment as well and like trying to figure out you know why she is with in this flower shop and like you know reliving some memories but i understand that you know they kind of wanted to keep it focused in on this character and things like that but uh yeah they definitely they definitely step outside of of how they presented this in in episode one quite a bit this episode um yeah. But I do think but, yeah, the, the thing that you were scene. saying uh, about it being like a binary, like, oh, they either forget or they don't, and, and Eleanor being in this transitional phase is, is is extremely true. And also, I think that they, you know, it's not necessarily a, a hard decision, but I think it was a, a really smart decision to make terror the, the emotion associated with this, right? The fear of that, and to make it such an emotionally powerful thing, right? Because you're right, a lot of times it is treated as a, you remember this or you don't, and the kind of emotionality of it is... I don't even know if that's a word, but it's it's removed from from the equation in a lot of these instances where it's just like, oh, that person just doesn't remember something. That's what, you know, dementia or Alzheimer's is, you know, that's obviously different yeah. diseases. But, um, you know, that's that's how they are portrayed in media. Um, and again, I think most of us know people who have either had dementia or Alzheimer's at some point in our life. And, and I think most people can, you know, again, I, I can only speak for dementia, but like there is a very, very intense emotional component to it. People get like extreme mood swings. They stop acting themselves. They start being very emotional and emotionally impacted by things. 
And I think leaning into that to show that, like, hey, it's not that she forgot something. It's that she forgot what she was doing and is having such an emotionally powerful reaction to that because this is so all-consuming that, that Alex is able to kind of step in here and notice it, right? She wouldn't have had the yeah. ability to step in if it was just, oh, she for, like Eleanor forgot something, you know? Um, I, 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 just, I really, really love this scene. I think they did a very, yeah. very good job with it. Um, this is definitely the, the, the one time where I'm like, oh, I did not see this coming. Everything no. else in this episode, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is going to happen like this, and that this is going to be the twist, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But mm -hmm. So you, you kind of walk through the flower shop, kind of helping Eleanor retrace her steps. You know, hey, maybe you were at the register, and she says, you know, oh, yes, I was cashing a check. And, you know, you go through, basically, you just go through clicking on things until you figure out what she was doing. Um, not really a particularly engaging puzzle element here, but, you know, you get a lot of backstory through these objects in, in terms of Eleanor's life, again, with, with these doctor's visits and, and Riley's life. You know, Riley and Eleanor are not directly related, but Eleanor is a kind of an adoptive mother figure for Riley. Um, and then you you help her figure out that, oh, she was working on a special rush order that, that Gabe had paid, or not that Gabe, that uh, Jed had paid for, for you know, this particular bouquet of flowers and that's what she's working on and and the world kind of fades back into into <laughs> fade back to reality you know it does that whole thing um <laughs> and as you are leaving or about to leave she mentions that it was really weird that jed requested this particular type of flower because it's weird to get a rush order for this because usually these are more for funerals than celebratory things like that um which is the point where it becomes clear that eleanor did not remember that Gabe died, you know, you helped calm her down, helped remove the fear, but she still is missing chunks of her memory, including the fact that Gabe had, you know, very recently died. Um, and then you are given the option to either sort of just go along with it and say, yeah, haha, weird, or to remind her that, oh, hey, this is for Gabe. Gabe died very recently, don't you remember? I don't know what you did there. I told her. I told her what happened. Okay, I did not. I wicked was like, no, there's no reason for me to to bring this back up again. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to fucking yeah. live that scene right now. <laughs> I can see it, but my my thought was is that is that I want to. I would want. I would want someone to tell me if I was going through that. I would want someone to tell me because it's another attempt at me remembering, and I feel like doing being like no don't worry about it it's just like it's just furthering her distortion of things so like if she hears about it again she would feel like horrible that she never mentioned it because mm -hmm. it's not like she's like forgetting every single thing she is having moments of that you know what i mean so i i don't know that was those kind of my justif ju justification for it and i just wanted to be like completely honest with her and the scene was not good but <laughs> do you mean not I am, good as in poorly done or not good as in emotionally it was rough? it was emotionally rough okay. yeah but like and it was actually really well voice acted by eleanor as 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 well uh but but uh but yeah what what was your scene like i mean my scene was was very short it was you know yeah. just alex sort of finding a way to brush it off and then leaving you know there was not yeah. there was not much more to it but i think that i I went with that option because while I understand what you were saying, you know, how you wanted to give her another chance, I was kind of on the other side of that, which is like, hey, if she keeps forgetting, she's just going to have to relive the 
grief yeah. of this over and over again and i don't want to be the one to inflict that on her right now like i'll just let That's her fair. keep doing her job and i've got all this stuff to do i don't need to <clears throat> did you know okay so very very light spoilers for the ending that that uh that there's like a sort of a lantern send off scene. Mm-hmm. Was she at the lantern scene? Do you remember that? I really don't remember. Because when I told her, like, like, hey, like, yeah, Gabe died, uh, she's like, oh my God, I missed the wake. That's what I forgot. I forgot to go to the wake. Oh, Jesus. And she like she like freaked out and cried and everything like that and, and ran off into the bathroom. So I'm wondering if you don't tell her she she wouldn't have remembered to go to the lantern ceremony as well. Huh. Um, I'm, I'm curious about that. I oh. really genuinely I'm trying to like scrub through a playthrough, but I don't remember what choice they make in the playthrough. So um yeah. I don't remember, but that's yeah, I don't wanna <laughs> sounds fucking yeah. rough, dude. Yeah, it was rough. It was rough. I'm glad I did not so make that choice. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of sucked, but I mean, she was definitely at my lantern ceremony, so... Okay, I don't remember her, but I don't know that I would have looked for her either. Right, right. I kind of looked for her because I'm like, oh god, I hope she didn't forget again. (laughs) (laughs) That would would suck. Um, Moving on, you you do... Alex leaves the flower shop um, and eventually finds, you know, finds where Mac is. He's on the bridge into town and he's very clearly afraid of something and you have to Basically, you know, he won't talk to you. He won't open up about what's going on, but you can tell that he's afraid. So you have to go find a way to kind of trigger that fear in him. Um, and you walk around town until you eventually find Riley. Also, I will say there's this this becomes more apparent why it would like be a thing shortly. But there is one NPC that just runs from place to place and then stands still for three seconds and then takes a picture with like a yep. big fat camera and then just turns and runs a different direction and just takes yep. a picture. I'm like, what the going on yeah yeah who the fuck is this i was so confused at that moment it was so wild um but you know alex finds riley and talks to her for a little bit and it becomes apparent through the course of this conversation that um you know a she is you know riley is considering what she wants to do for for college and is, is considering leaving the area and going significantly further away for college and then also that she is considering you know ending things with mac and is not really sure because he is acting really weird and then when you kind of press her on that you find out that he essentially you know shortly after the explosion just asked her to skip town with him said hey like let's pack up let's leave like let's just get out of here and she did not feel good about that and has reservations about whether or not he was you know in some way involved in the explosion or what's going on obviously she elected not to do that but she does not trust him anymore so she is also very you know on the fence about what's going on with him sus <laughs> what you got so close to your mic there that it sounded so extremely different that i actually got startled by that <laughs> beautiful um so you you go back to mac and you kind of confront him with this new information and say like oh hey you know skipping town is not something an innocent person would do like what's going on and then he gets really afraid and sort of storms off and you can get inside of his his fear and again that sort of weird spectral way which changes everything around you um and as you are walking through town you know trying to you know follow him now that you're living in his like extremely afraid world you 
get the impression that everyone is watching you, right? You get the impression that birds are watching you and people are staring at you as you pass and that the, you know, the lady running around taking pictures is taking pictures specifically of, of you, right? So it's clear that he is paranoid and thinks everyone in the town is watching him. Um, and eventually you find him on a riverbank and, and talk to him and you can kind of coerce him into telling you that um, he did get the call from Gabe and he did call up to Typhon and tell them not to set off the explosion because there were people down there, um, but that, you know, they set it off anyway. He does not know what happens or why they set it off. But afterwards, you know, after the fact, he received a call from Typhon basically saying, hey, tell people you didn't get a call. Like, as far as you're concerned, you never got that call. Don't ever admit to getting that call. You know, you you didn't get it. Nothing happened. Yeah, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. He never called. Um, so really, quite... Like Duncan said, quite such shit. Um, very obvious that Typhon is is doing something untoward. Is not not being upfront. Is 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 extremely um, fucked up in this particular sense. Uh, and then to close this scene out, he's ex- you know he's freaking out a ton. He is completely losing it. And you can choose whether or not to um, calm him down and like work with him to calm him down to make sure that he's okay and that he didn't do anything wrong. Or you can choose to kind of just like walk away and let him wallow in this. You know, extreme fear that is ruining his life. Um, what'd you do here? I just, I just, I just walked away. You, I'm just you kidding. Really? <laughs> I comfort him. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a fucking, I'm not a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, he didn't even. So I thought what they what would have been much, much more compelling here that would have made him less of a. They would, it would have changed his red herring status slightly. Mm-hmm. Is if. They said, you know what? We hear you loud and clear. Press the button anyway. And he pressed the button. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but then like, he would have been a murderer. orders did not come from him. You know what I mean? Or there would be like, if you don't press it, we're just going to end up doing it. And he did. That way it would have been like, the mystery is still at large because it's like, okay, you know, why did they want to do this? But it also, like, kind of, you know, I feel like it would kind of solve part of the mystery of, like, the first person who did it and make that choice more compelling mm. of being like, should I, you know, comfort the person who literally pressed the button that killed my brother, even though it wasn't his choice? Or should I, you know, like, just walk away from this person? And I think at that moment, more people would probably walk away from him. But, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think that that was even really a choice at that moment where it's like, of course, this person had nothing to do with it. He was completely innocent and everyone in the town has been blaming him. Of course I'm going to comfort him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no shit. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's interesting. I, you know, I can't really, without knowing where the story is going, I can't say whether or not I think that would have been better or worse because maybe there's a yeah. very specific reason that they told him no and did it anyway. Um but I, I do agree that this, this particular choice was kind of like, hey, this guy just admitted that he did his job right and your brother died anyway. Like, his only crime here is, you know, being so afraid that he lied about whether or not he received a phone call and kind of, like, tried to slander your brother's name. But that's, you know, he's also, he's got pressure from Big Mining Company, you know? So, like... Yeah, and his girl's trying to leave. Yeah, but that, that seems like mostly his own fault, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, he's stressed, you know? Yeah, he shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't maybe, like, 
I don't know. Shouldn't have fucking beat up Gabe, but what are you going to do? No, um, probably not, but yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, so again, kind of a non-choice, but still sets up the central mystery going forward, which is like, hey, something happened. Typhon was aware people were there. They blew the mine anyway, and it caused your brother to die. So now it, it sets up this, instead of you versus Mac trying to figure out who fucked up, and, and maybe if a specific person didn't like him, it's now, hey, you're trying to figure out why Typhon was either wanted Gabe dead or was okay with the loss of life to do something like that. Um, and that's going to be the central mystery going forward. And you kind of, in that scene, you know, I don't know what it's like if you walk away. I assume you just walk away. But in that scene, you kind of calm him down and tell him, hey, you know, I'm probably going to need your help going forward because we're not going to let Typhon get away with something like this. Um, following that, Alex calls Ryan and then goes to meet up with him. And he is standing in the spot where Gabe died, where he you know, Ryan had cut the rope and let Gabe drop. Um, and then you get this long scene where um, Alex kind of calms him down, you know, finds some way to, um, I think, essentially the, the path here is you either find a way to allow him to forgive himself for cutting the rope, you either forgive him for cutting the rope, or you offer Gabe's forgiveness to him for, for that same thing. Either way, you're you're going to end up calming him down. It's just a matter of the path that you take. Um, and then as you, you know, kind of use your power to calm him down, you, then he sort of understands that something is maybe a little bit off about that and, and engages you about that. And you, you know, explain to him, Hey, I have this power and, you know, find, figure the easiest way to, to do that is to show it to him. And so you have him think of something either angry or sad or some negative emotion and kind of sit with that to the point where you can then begin to read his emotion and explain to him what he's feeling and thinking, even when that's not necessarily something that he's expressed to you. Uh, and then after you do that, he eventually starts thinking of something really joyous, uh, some experience he had had previously with Gabe, and then this is the first time your character is able to, like, you know, accept and, and do her um, her power, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. It's the first time she's able to use her supernatural empathy power to experience the pure joy that somebody is having, as as Ryan tells you this. Just truly hilarious and god gut-wrenching and, and gut gut-busting story about Gabe almost yeah. hitting a goose and then you know, no, or hitting, some air. hitting give a goose. Give it some air. No, 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 no. Hold on. <laughs> sorry, sorry, it, sorry. Alex isn't giving enough air. That's, okay. You you tell it. You're All you're right. so much better at this story than me. Yeah, okay. All right. So so, so me and Alex, I'm, I'm telling it from the perspective of, of, of what he, how he is telling it. Yeah, in this story, I'm going to die soon, so. Yeah. <laughs> so me and Alex, right, we're driving in a car, right? We're driving, driving around. And, and oh, my God, there's a goose that was, that was walking in front of us. And, and, I, and it's like, hey, you got to move. You got to move for that goose. He's like, no, it'll be fine. Alex is like, no, it'll be fine. So, so, he, so he veered. But, oh, he still hit that. He still hit that goose. And you're not going to believe this. When we when we walked out, I was like, oh, my God, that's a Canadian goose. That's 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 like a royal goose. You know, like like the cops are going to see that you hit this goose and that's a felony. And so so Alex and I. Alex freaks out, dude. Alex freaks out about this this goose he thinks he's gonna get arrested for. And he starts digging a hole for the goose's grave, dude. And then I'm laughing. I'm laughing, and he's like, "You asshole! You shouldn't have. 
you should have told me about this this goose story. It was all fake. And I'm like, yeah, it's all fake, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I do it? You did it. Um, did I do it? Right? You did, you in got fact. Busted? You did, in fact, tell the story pretty much exactly as funny as it was in the game. Um, <laughs> but don't tell that to fucking, don't tell that to fucking Ryan, who spends like so, three minutes just you're... laughing in 20 second intervals for some reason, as you remember. The... <laughs> so you're staring at, you're staring at clouds <laughs> trying to put these pieces together. It just as Alex is doing right now. <laughs> Stop! It's so bad. You're cry. It's so awkward. You're just putting the pieces oh. together. The story by looking at clouds. And the whole time it's just like that. It's the dumbest scene. Ever. It's like and it makes me hate Ryan so much. <laughs> it sucks so much because this scene was like, it was a good scene when like Alex shows up and Ryan is struggling with the weight of of having you know cut the rope that killed Gabe but saves Alex and and you know his status as somebody who should have been able to protect everybody and failing at that and then you know getting this forgiveness from the one person left alive who can offer forgiveness to him and then this kind of expression as Alex is like hey here I'm going to explain to you this like really integral part of me that explains who I am as a person and and we're going to go through this and I'm going to kind of show you and we're going to become closer and then we can you know once we're a little bit closer we can kind of execute a plan for how we're going to deal with this main thing and then there's this stupid fucking not funny news story <laughs> and what has to be three separate laughs they just decided to play in a random order but they thought it would be too fucking weird if they had him laugh consistently like a human being so instead they hit like a you know fucking computer algorithm that's a random number <laughs> generator and when it hits three they play a 25 like 25 half second laugh clip it's so bad it's so bad yeah they really they really swept the rug under that and i can't believe they couldn't have written a funnier story it's such a it's... not funny story like i believe okay to be fair i truly believe ryan would think it's a hilarious story and Gabe is like, oh my god, that story's not fucking funny at all. Yeah, I guess. It doesn't I justify guess? it, because it sucks. But it's Alex bad. laughs! Alex yeah, laughs at it when she learns about but, it. Yeah, but she's feeling his emotions, you know? Oh, uh, that's true. I was, and Here's another idea. This poor, poor, poor girl, she has gone through this whole life with this power, and not once has she felt someone, oh, has she felt joy from someone else. What a horrible, miserable time she's probably had. That This is the first time that she has, you know, felt that empathetic power of, of joy. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Ugh. But, anyway... That you can hug him. That fucking bad scene happens. <laughs> then you can choose to like, you know, hug him or not. Yeah, again, basically like, hey, do you want to open up this romantic option with with Ryan going forward? Oh, he uh, he he's like, yeah, I'll definitely help you with with the whole typhoon incident mm -hmm. too, because you tell him about that as well. Yeah, so the two of you are going to going to tackle big mining, and I fully believe you'll be able to do it. Um, but. That is the, the end of that scene. And then the only thing left in episode two, because again, it's a bit of a shorter episode, is is the kind of closing cinematic, um, where as Duncan had alluded to earlier, 
you you know you get it, the shots of everybody sort of closing up their shops you know there's a shot of jed like finishing a drink before standing up at the bar and everybody is going to the bridge where you and gabe first met to have this sort of like paper lantern ceremony where you're going to release this paper lantern and it'll be everybody kind of a like a celebration of life of of gabe um and this time as opposed to everybody else talking the only one who talks during this scene is alex and she you know gives a speech about how um i don't remember the specifics she you know she talks about how she didn't know Gabe for very long and he only got a she only got a day with him, but she sort of, you know, he changed her life in that time and, you know, talks about how she wasn't sure if she would be able to fit in, but Gabe taught her that home is, is not a place that you find, it's a place that you make. And then, you know, just says some some generally nice things and then Ryan releases the lantern and then in uh what I'm gonna chalk up to the the first time that life has changed true colors made me made me tear up a little bit. It was when, you know, the lantern is floating away and it's just a like a shot of the lantern floating away and Alex saying, I love you, Gabe, as it floats away and I was like, God damn it, I'm gonna fucking cry on episode two of this game. This is <laughs> fucked up. I don't wanna deal with this right now. Um and then everybody on the bridge kind of moves forward to follow the lantern a little bit and you get that same sort of joyous, you know, energy emanating from everybody on that bridge except for the one person who um I don't even remember her name cuz we've we, we... literally never mentioned her. I was thinking she talked about this to whole Bucky. two <laughs> that episodes. Was it. Yeah, she's she's the one and she also was she met you once and was like, "Oh, sorry to hear about your brother." And yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> she is uh, and she is a new representative from for Typhon Mining who moved here from DC the um couple of months ago recently. Um but she everybody else is emanating this sort of, you know, again, joyous light as they were sort of, you know, uh just commiserating with each other everybody they they were sort of in this this catharsis and this one particular lady is emanating a purple energy which i think is fear canonically yeah and you make like eye contact with her and you're like oh she gives like a half-hearted smile but it's very clear that you understand that she's hiding something uh and then that episode ends um I i gotta say the second that i saw ducky talking with that woman i'm like that's the that's the bad woman i'm like that's it like that's she's like the most obvious evil corporate woman you have such a healthy distrust of corporations i'm so proud of you (laughs) well i did tell someone to take the money so i'm not sure that's that's true that's true i forgot about that that's just me trying to shock the system (laughs) yeah she's Um, she's very obviously bad i felt i felt like a fucking big brain man for a second because they showed that wide shot and i was like hey hold on there's one yep, person yep. that's not glowing yeah i bet if i that's... just paused oh they're just gonna zoom in on her and make her glow purple yep. never mind exactly i did the exact same thing i'm like oh, the, the typhon lady she's not going she- oh oh they're gonna okay yeah got it <laughs> but how did you feel about this yep. this final bridge send-off scene how did how did again we know that it made me tear up how did it hit you yeah i i i liked it i think it was it was the, I feel like it wrapped episode two nicely of being like, this is the one. I feel like they could have really messed this up by doing this scene at the beginning of episode two. Mm-hmm. But I think they made a very good decision to put a bow on like, obviously people are still going to be sad about Gabe. Like no yeah. one's over the death of Gabe, 
but there was a very needed grieving process that needed to happen. And I think taking a full episode to really like grab onto all of that, get it all out there, have all the characters react to it in their own unique way so you can get an idea of everyone's feelings on it and and um have a nice wrap on it was a really great idea. And I guess they could have done this later too, um, but I think this is the perfect time to do it, just giving it a full episode, giving it some breathing room, and this was a nice way to like literally send it off of being like, yeah. okay, this is, you know, our the the lantern ceremony and everything like that. And and I think, you know, the speech that Alex gave, I don't, you know, I don't remember that that beginning speech, but I do remember that 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 line that you, you know, that that made you tear up. And I do think it was a very again, I don't remember her name because we mentioned it earlier, uh, but but the voice actress for Alex is is just mm-hmm. absolutely um amazing so good in, in this so role. fucking so, good yeah so I, she i watched yeah, that scene great. again to remember that speech and i was like oh i should just watch this again so i can like you know quote a little more <laughs> about it right before and i was like oh, yeah you know what this was good it wasn't incredible though i don't know why it hit me so much it was good though it was a good speech and then they got to the part where she's like i love you gabe and i started tearing up again watching it and i was like <laughs> no fuck it close the youtube video i'm done i gotta go record fuck this shit yeah it's yeah, it was no, it was my sig- it was it was the signifier i got that was like hey this game's gonna emotionally manipulate you, and it'll probably do it kind of blatantly sometimes, but just so you know, yeah. it's gonna work. It's gonna work on you. You're gonna feel the things. And I was like, yeah, oh, fucking okay, I'm in for it. I didn't feel this way about the last two Life is Strange games. This one's gonna fuck me up again, though. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I... <laughs> so, at this point, do you think there's any chance that Gabe's actually alive? No, I think I, I said okay. that. I said that when we were talking about it. And I do think that the fact that they didn't show him dying, we didn't even get a scene of him like falling, is like there's a, an outside chance. But when I messaged you that before we recorded, like a you know a week ago or whatever, um, it was before we I finished episode, episode two. And I think at yeah. this point they're like, it would be weird. Like they really tied a bow on him being dead. So it would be weird if they brought him back at this point, I think. Yeah, I think I definitely think he's completely, completely gone. But if they do bring him back, I will dislike it very, very much. Unless they do something um, like really, it, it would have to work very, very well. Right. Because otherwise right, yeah. then it feels like we wasted all of episode two. How, how do you think they can make it work? I don't know. I I can't conceive of a way they could make it work. I'm just not saying it's impossible because maybe there's a way they could do it, but it, I it would be it would be maybe extremely bizarre. Maybe, maybe this is all a test. Uh huh. And at the end of the test, it's a moral test. At the end of the test, Gabe pops out and he goes, "Great job, you passed. You made all the moral right decisions in this moment." You did a great job, or if you were bad, he did the bad ending. That would be cool. That would be um, fun and cool. It's been two hours and fifty minutes of recording, so I don't have much creativity <laughs> left in my body. I'm sorry. I wish I could think of something. It's fine. We can cut out all the better. bad parts. I we've got a couple of questions. We talked about most of these already. Um, <clears throat> I don't want to spend too long on them, but this episode is, I will say, only going to be about 45 minutes right now, so I do want to just just sort of tie up a couple of these that I was curious about. I think the, the one I am most curious about from your point of view is how you feel Alex Chen compares 
as a protagonist to the previous protagonist in Life is Strange Games? Because I know when we were talking, when you were only part of the way through episode one, you said you weren't completely sold on her yet. And and I'm kind of curious how you feel now that we're in episode two, or done with episode two. I think she's... <sighs> I'm, I'm She's grown on me a lot. I think some of the decisions that she makes make me feel like I haven't really pegged her down yet, but there's this really difficult balance with, with, with choice-based games like this, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have to balance making the character a blank slate enough that you can put your decisions into their, you know, into their, their their mouth and things like that. But the character also needs to be like individual enough to, still feel like a character and still feel like someone that's like charming and relatable yeah. and is not like a link basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's kind of like oh, an odd balance. And at first I think I was experiencing more of the blank canvas, uh, feeling of it. And it, and it made me be like, uh, like, I don't really understand her. I don't really buy everything that she's doing. But I think as the time has gone on and, and I've thought about a little bit more about some of the reasonings behind things where I'm like, you know, she doesn't really have a reason to be here anymore. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like her brother died. So why is she still staying here? But I'm like, oh, right. Free apartment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, I mean like, and, you know, trying to find a sense of community for the first time in her entire life. Right. Yeah. And and I think. I don't know. I I. I I find it, I find it hard how quickly it was like you're not very good with people, are you? And she's literally getting along with almost everyone in the town. Mm -hmm. And like I I had a hard time with that, but I'm starting to get over it because I think it would be a bad game and a bad story if she just like couldn't relate or talk to anyone in any capacity. So there's just some weird balancing issues with who she is and what we're told about her past versus how she interacts with people that doesn't i'm not exactly making full sense and, of, and i don't think but like once i remove that it, it it's perfectly fine and i never got the impression that the scenes where they talked about her past was saying that she was bad with people but more were saying hey you are like prone to these big out like these big emotional outbursts when you're around other people um, yeah, which we that, see that in the game as, as you know evidenced by her power so but i never got the impression that she was unable to like make friends right you can look through her text messages and there are definitely people she was in contact with previously and, and sometimes is still in contact with that are like oh hey this is like somebody from your life that you were close to right and you don't form those kind of yeah. relationships all the time but it was something and, and and but you can also see some of those end in kind of explosive ways which leads me to believe that it was just sort of the cycle of the type of the thing we saw with mac that that led her to become really reclusive and nobody was there to kind of support her through it which i mean i guess is yeah. still technically the case here because she's been in town for like a couple of days and her brother already died but you know yeah and that i don't know i think the other thing too is just like the powers the inconsistency with it really bothers yeah. me. Like, like the fact that she's not feeling what other people feel in the second episode, it bugged, it bugged me so much. Mm -hmm. um, but, but other than that, I, I think that she is lining up and I would say has the potential, has the potential to be one of my favorites. I don't, 
Then when you really think back on it, I don't really like love any of the pro tags from Life is Strange games. Like I like them, but I don't like really like yeah like like any of them. I, you know, you know, I like Max no. from the first one quite a bit. I think Max is great, but like. Max is not the reason I liked that game, right? Max Caulfield was right. fun. She was nice. She was quirky. She had, like, some character. But Chloe is the reason I liked that game, right? Like, Chloe is the character that has depth. She is the character that drives the story. Um, You know, kind of the same thing with, with Sean and Daniel. That Like, I, I liked Sean, but not, like, I didn't like him that much. I just thought that interaction and that, like, relationship was cool. I liked him a whole lot in episode three when he got like that. But I think that, like... That dynamic. You were always a Daniel Stan. I was always a Daniel Stan. You know me. Go back and listen. I was fighting for Daniel since day one. <laughs> I was not. Um, but like I, you know, I I didn't love that relationship. Again, Chloe is the protagonist in um, Before the Storm, and I think Before the Storm is very good. But I also think Deck Nine did not necessarily like that one. Did kind of read like a, a spinoff in a way that didn't work. So I think as of right now, Alex Chen is you know, I like her more at the end of episode two than I liked any other character by the end of their episode two. Um, still mm. huge swings could very well just go down and be extremely bad, could swing the other way and be extremely good and be my favorite by a wide margin. But as of right now, she is extremely good. I think, I think she is my favorite protagonist at this point in the story compared to other points in the story, you know, that's that fair. Makes sense. That's fair. No, that, that makes total sense. I think we should also do, uh, I think we should also do predictions for sure. Yeah. Um well, I mean we have our we have our tropes, right? Like we've got the we've got the lady from Typhon mm-hmm. who is clearly like going to be our lead in to getting into some of that mystery. Yeah. We've got the LARP that's happening. Do you think we're going to attend the LARP? Yeah. I sure fucking no, hope. There's so. a yeah, we have 100% to. We have chance. To. We w- I I would be willing to stake an incredible amount of money that we go to the LARP. Okay. How about Say like, like, like a thousand. I mean, if you want to bet, bet against it, sure. No, 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 no. I wanted to bet for it. Oh, that, Come on, that. man. I'm looking to win. <laughs> no. Fight, fight. Um. So okay, we got the LARP. So I bet. I bet the LARP's gonna be next episode. That feels like an episode three. That because episode four has got to be where it kicks in to like high gear and it becomes all story focused. And episode five is the conclusion. Episode three in a five episode arc. This is just true of I think a lot of media, but it's especially true of Life is Strange. Episode three is where friendships solidify. You know that was the pool episode yeah. in Life is Strange one. That was the weed farm campsite episode in Life is Strange two. Like mm, it's gonna yeah, be the LARP right. episode in Life is Strange three. Doesn't really work for I Before wonder... the Storm because there's only three episodes. But I wonder if we're gonna get a choice. Of, of of a Stephanie or Ryan plot. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that's going to look like at all. I wonder if, if going to the LARP is optional. If going to the LARP is optional, then I'm sorry, Ryan, your path well, ends here. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I mean optional as in the video game has a binary choice <laughs> that you can make, but there is no true option. You as a, as a, as a person would have to pick the LARP yes, every time. I mean, there's, there's just no, there's no choice there. What well, I already made my character. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. I think that's definitely going to happen. I think we're going to get some intrigue. I think the, I mean, the lady who was at Typhon is not going to be the main person who is responsible for this. I think. Um, Do you think Ducky's going to be a twist villain? I fucking hope not. 
I hope not, because I love him. I love him so much. Well, that boy he was down at the down at the mines when he shouldn't have been. That's not a problem that I have, you see. Like, I don't know. It doesn't seem right to me. I mean, Ducky and him were friends, right? Like they they spent time getting drunk at his apartment together because he had to go find a special liquor. Right. That's true. I can't imagine Ducky the surprise villain. I think. What if I really? What if because oh, you ordered him the wrong burger? That would be great. <laughs> He killed your killed the. No, you know what? I'm not. See, here's the thing. You planted the seed of doubt in me earlier this episode, when, or maybe it was last episode. I don't remember when you were talking about how much it would suck if Steph was like, "Oh, I used to know this girl." Now I'm like, "How much would it suck if this mining company was like bought by the Prescott family from Life is Strange One and oh they're still evil?" I would God. throw up, dude. I would delete these episodes from our <laughs> fucking podcast feed. That's right. I'm Ducky Prescott, and I'm the <laughs> Twist Villain. <laughs> You see? <laughs> Have you heard of this black and white bear that I know about? His name's Monokuma. <laughs> I'm back in. Let's do a I'm big tie-in. <laughs> I'm back in. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I mean, clearly Typhon's behind it. I, I think... What's the... Okay, this is what I want. What is the reason the explosion went off? I think the explosion went off... So I guess there's two reasons, right? Either Gabe was still in some shit and somebody high up at Tyson didn't like him, or they'll do the thing where it's like, hey, this story is not as intense as you think it is, and it's like the explosion went off because somebody fucked up at their job, and the person who fucked up at their job is like being protected by somebody above them, and it's just like it was an accident that they're just trying to cover up so somebody doesn't like yeah. lose their life over it. Um and I I think it's two. I think it's the second option. I think it very well could be, and I think they're gonna they're gonna set it up in some. But there has to be a, an emotional climax choice, right? There's always one. There's always, you know, do you yeah. do X or Y, and then the game has a different ending based on that. And I don't know what the ending would be if that were the case, you know. But I also don't know because this power is so like unable to be physically impactful on the world. Yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have to. Okay, you're you're gonna have to learn a central truth about Typhon through a mind read that you will have to decide whether to expose to the world or not. Mm. I guess. Okay, and then the fate I, the fate's gonna be whether or not this town goes under because Typhon is the only thing keeping this town afloat because it's where right. everybody works. So it would be sack the company and the town, but reveal the truth. Or keep the truth to yourself and keep the town and company. Yeah, it sucks that we know the that ending. That actually, yeah. that is very, very likely. Unfortunate I'm, that I'm we s- know the ending already. Damn. <laughs> if that's the ending, pat on our backs. Pat that on our just backs. feels right. That I hope it's yeah. not. I hope it's something more a little unexpected, but that feels right. That feels right. And I mean, like I said at the beginning, the story's very, like, easy to be predictive and that doesn't make it a bad story but it is it does feel very linear you know what i mean in that way yeah i don't think it'll surprise us too much so i don't either yeah i think that's a good good prediction all right well we are basically at three hours straight of recording which is long for us so i think we're gonna call it there um yeah yeah. i uh, i'm i'm happy we got to talk about this i've been very excited to talk about this game since i started playing it because 
as always happens, I remember that I love talking about Life is Strange maybe more than I like playing Life is Strange. Um, yeah. Which is not even a like a dig at the game. I just like talking about the game with you quite a bit. Um, so we are going to, next time, we will be talking about episodes three and four, probably over the course of two episodes again. We'll see. Maybe we'll be able to, to condense those into one episode. Um, clearly, we were not able to do that here. Uh, and then we will probably do a, a fifth wrap-up episode with episode five and kind of a retrospective on everything after that. But like I said, we'll... Um, We'll get into that probably as our next few episodes, is my thinking. There's so many games out right now, guys. It's There's it's, so it's many games. Disgusting. In freaking June, there was not a single game to be played. In July, there was not a single game to be played. Now we got to play this and Deltarune and the new Outer Wilds thing. And we still haven't finished Nier and Sable just came out and Psychonauts 2 seems really cool. And there's everything just came out it is right so now. Cool. Everything just came out right now. And I want to cover literally all of it. Imposter Factory, the new To the Moon game is coming out. Everything came out in a week. And it's extremely unfortunate because I want to play all of them. Um, yeah. So we got But also, you on. just want to sit down and just have a fucking awful time playing League of Legends. Don't call me out like that on my own podcast. <laughs> really? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Body me and like, yeah. Okay. What's up? I like feeding mid lane. Is that a problem? <laughs> no, not for me. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that's gonna do it. Uh, do we want to? Oh shit! We forgot our socials on the last episode. Twitter is at thoughts from P one. That's where we're going to post our episodes. We've got a, you can get this podcast on Spotify as well. If you would like, or any other podcast services, we've been playing a lot of games and by a lot, I mean, we've been kind of, kind of slow, but <laughs> check out our 12 minutes episode. Heaven will be mine was great. Heaven will be mine was phenomenal. Um, near, near with some buddies. Um, we'll get back. To yeah. That eventually. Good, good stuff. Good stuff on that. Um, you can take, check us over on twitch.tv. We haven't been not streaming a lot lately. It's been, been a bit of a busy month for us. So we'll probably get back on the horse on that. Maybe play some more Danganronpa. That game's always a blast. Mm -hmm. um, we have a Facebook. You can search for that. If you have any questions, you want to submit questions, please, 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 please submit those questions. I want to hear them about Life is Strange. Game suggestions I will take. We will answer them. Even for games we played in the past, which I've put this offer out for five fucking years, <laughs> and not once has it happened, but I will do it. Okay? Oh, God. But anyways, um, that's that's about it, I think. That's about it for those socials. Yeah, I agree. All right. And in the left corner, Professor Pigment. Hello, I'm Professor Pigment Matcha Peaches here to bring you the color fact of the day. In Life is Strange True Colors, our main protagonist Alex can feel the strong emotions of others, which are signified by a colorful aura. Each color is associated with a different feeling. Although the psychic element of Alex's ability may not exist in real life, the phenomenon of synesthesia can allow people to experience senses in more than the ways you might expect. People with chromesthesia, a type of synesthesia, experience a visual response from non-visual stimuli like taste, smell, or sound. For example, someone with chromesthesia may listen to a song and see different shapes or colors as a result of the auditory stimuli. In its own way, synesthesia almost seems like a real-life superpower. Thanks for listening to Thoughts from Player One. Tune in next time for more Life is Strange and maybe more color facts.